How's it going? What? How are you doing? What? I can't. Are you still hypnotized? Your, your giant hands, I think, busted my eardrums. <laughs> See, I told you. It's going to be a, an ongoing thread about the clap. I bet, I bet your nephew definitely heard you clapping at his graduation. They totally, he totally probably stood out. What? He was like, what is that thunderous clapping? Oh, it's, it's oh, Uncle yes, Blaze. He did. He absolutely did. He, it was a lovely time. It was good stuff. He's grown. Oh, like, we went fishing two weeks ago, and in two weeks, he grew like another couple. Um, it seems like a couple inches, but he definitely got taller, and he definitely got more manly. Isn't that bizarre how like kids can morph in that, oh, you know, turn into a man? The journey into becoming a man. Yes. You like you are picking up much louder than I am because you project. So, oh, so just okay. whatever, you know. It's it's my terrible I'll be over here talking inability to to the cabinet instead. Um so uh you want to jump right into this? Yeah, I don't really know what the fuck I'm jumping into, but <laughs> again, okay, so this is interesting. Welcome class to another uh episode of what the fuck did Blaze make me watch? <laughs> this is it's weird good though because niche It's taste. definitely yeah, it's definitely I'm beginning to realize but but some things surprise me that you like, and some things surprise me that you don't necessarily <laughs> like, which we'll, which we'll get into. But this um, this is continuing our kind of series. It's a little mini series on uh, women in film. So uh, Ildiko Yeti is the director, and she, this is this is one of my favorite films in the last decade for sure. Really? Yeah, it absolutely is. I would like to hear why. <laughs> well, well, we'll get into that, but this is continuing the women in film and highlighting women in film. Um, I don't know. They weren't highlighted in pretty good light in this one. I think it's outstanding acting by uh, our lead actor, Alexander. Well, the, it's a dual protagonist. Alexander Bourbelet is the... The uh, female actress and female uh, protagonist. Yeah, I believe she's Hungarian. Yeah, they're all <laughs> Hungarian. Ildiko Nyeri's Hungarian. Um, the lead man, Geza Morisani. I'm, so, I'm sorry if I totally fucked that up. Americans. But, uh, well, how do you say it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I know, closer I know to my limits. homeland than mine. That's true. I'm about like two countries apart. Yeah. Yeah. So we I got a dual uh, protagonist, and mm-hmm. um, do you want to give the uh, synopsis? Um, gosh, okay. So we have this like financial director or the boss of a meat processing company, slaughterhouse, slaughterhouse. <laughs> Which, funny enough, I start I, the, when I saw that scene, I'm like, is Blaze trying to turn me vegan? I was like, what's he trying to pull here? I'm like. What? I love meat. I don't want to see how meat's made. Cause we all know. We have an understanding of how, where meat comes from. But I'm like, but, I don't want to see But that's a really cool part of this. I think it's a cool part of it is, no, I'm not going to, I'm not vegan myself. I'm not going to turn vegan. And I grew up on a farm. So we, we <clears throat> like butchered cattle. So I've seen some of this, but it, it, it was a stark reminder to me, you right. know, like this is how we get our meat, which I think is important 
for us to know and kind of remember. I know we probably differ. We probably <laughs> differ here, and that is that to me we owe we owe like gratitude our life uh, to animals, and it's a major oh, yeah. kind of theme in here. But she only does it in the beginning. And then lets it go. And it reminded me of something that you had said in, in one of our, um, I forget, it might have been uh, Sicario, where you had said you like that when films educate you, but it's not pushed in your face. And then yeah. after you're done watching the film, it stays with you and you think, <clears throat> oh, and, and I kind of like, I agreed with you on it, but it was an astute statement by you and it stuck with me ever since. And, <laughs> and like, I'm... I started to try to write down like all the things that I learned from different films, you know what I mean? That mm. kind of educated me without pushing okay. it in my face. And it's, it's one of the reasons I, you know, I'm a big reader, big fan of reading and film in general is because they definitely shape and change, you know, our yeah. thinking. And, and I think I would like to say in some cases our philosophies and, you know, what we, yeah. what we hold is important, whatever. But this was filmed that's actual footage from a real slaughterhouse, and well, you, I mean, you could tell. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it's, I, it was hard to watch. Didn't was it hard for you to watch? Yeah, those sections. Yeah, um, just because I was like, oh, look at the cute cows, and I'm like, oh, uh, I see what happened. Yeah, and she's definitely, but, she's definitely <clears throat> playing on our. Our heartstrings are making us realize this think, is a living creature, and this is what it goes through. Do you think those were, they were actually slaughtering cows when they filmed this, or they? they oh, absolutely. So they absolutely. weren't props. There's no way that was. No, 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 no. It was filmed at a slaughterhouse. It, so they it really is the process, which you know, one of the scenes, and and I want to <clears throat> like make certain that the audience knows this isn't. It's not. It is a major theme or kind of part but it's <coughs> really not the major focus is these two protagonists and you want to go ahead and yeah look. yeah so we have the the financial director of the slaughter slaughter plant and then this new the, the female lead comes in and she's a new hire she's the quality inspection person and uh she's weird as fuck <laughs> i was like this is just weird like ocd having it's not even ocd it's, i don't they never diagnose it it's asperger's though the the things that she does is yeah. definitely asperger's yeah so it's weird how they kind of start interacting um with each other uh but really what ties them together the the big thing is they without having interact interacted before i think the dream starts before they even meet and continues from there uh but they both have the same dream of being deer uh yeah and, and it's, it's one of the things that bugs me they're not deer they're fucking elk you know what i'm saying i know like the description uh, says but those are they're elks they're fuck not, you netflix translators they're not deer like but every description of the film says deer yeah, like, really you don't know the difference between fucking deer and an elk but it is they're elk Silicon Valley wouldn't know no. um, and yeah so they are having so these two characters are having the same dream they're dreaming the same exact thing yes and they are embodying in their dreams he uh, is an elk a buck a buck and she's and a doe she, a doe yes and <clears throat> basically it, it boils down and then that 
dream due to a, a certain events that happen in the processing plant a psychiatrist gets involved and that's how we find out through her through the psychiatrist that they both have that same dream right. and she thought they were fucking with her yes um, and the re- she so she was caught into the plant to do an early uh, psychiatric evaluation which yeah, yeah. this is really cool that in um, Hungary they they actually people that work in the slaughterhouse or some of the slaughterhouses get like psychological reviews or psychological you know help which is really interesting I dare say it. I didn't look it up um, I know it happens there but I wonder if any you know slaughterhouses in America offer that mm-hmm. I'm certain they don't based on some of the shit that's gone down but but regardless I thought that was really interesting but the reason that she's called in and asked to do that early is somebody is stealing somebody has stolen a quantity of their mating mating powder so I don't yeah. know if it's like some kind of Viagra or what it is but yeah it's something that makes hell the yeah male more able to uh you know, yeah, copulate uh, apparently, and uh, <clears throat> the lead, uh, the lead protagonist, the, the guy, the, the financial boss, he, he tells the inspector it's not really legal, but it's also not illegal to have it. They do right. kind of on the side, I guess, help certain uh, farmers or. Well, it helps. What it yeah, they do a side the thing where they mate, and then they they help they the mating process the, yeah. with the farmers and farmers them. But somebody has stolen. But yeah, somebody a steals a quantity of so it. So they call in the cops, and then the cops <clears throat> suggest get your psychiatrist in here early, mm-hmm. and then she'll help you find or or probably locate who who the, was stolen. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's how we then find out that they both have the same dream, and. Uh, we get their reaction to it, and after that, that kind of oh, excuse me, kickstarts their interactions with one another and their relationship. How it grows, yeah. if you want to call there, it. That. You, you can tell from the beginning the way it's filmed; they're attracted to each other before that even happens. But after that happens, it's like you know the spurring, you know, point A. Uh, uh, happening that yeah. like, gets this really uh, the film rolling into another direction. Sure, sure. I mean, it's the most awkward ass relationship I've ever witnessed. <laughs> I I just think and it's just cool. Like, oh, so so I, what Ray's talking about <clears throat> the, these two char- they are weird. They're strange. They're weird. They're weird characters. They don't fit in necessarily. They don't, they're not social butterflies by any means. They're more. They're both introverts. Um, and they're weird. They see things different, differently, and they uh, interact differently socially with other people. He's a little more um, adept than than she is. Um, she really has a difficult time. But they're both comfortable in their own skin until they kind of that attraction uh, blossoms and continues because they're they both are kind of lonely characters because you know they're outcasts in this world. They're aliens. And that, that's one of the reasons I love this. And that, that's what I realized. And I was thinking, I wonder if Ray, one of the things that he doesn't like about some of these films that I bring up is that they're too much of outcasts or he's not as into that. And I love films that highlight weirdness. You know, it's why I love Rushmore. Um, it was why I love Jesus' Son. 
you know, he's a fuckhead, but it's the, the people that are strange and don't fit that, and, you know, I'm always rooting for those kind of people in part because I think I am one or have been one, but that you're strange and because you do things differently or you think in a different manner, you're the outcast and how socially, you know, the way the just general society in general, but treats those kind of people like they, it's not your fault what your personality to a certain degree is and your likes and dislikes. You know what I'm saying? But because you're strange, you're further like mocked or ridiculed or kept outside of it. And, and that's definitely highlighted in this film. I love that, that it is highlighted. Yeah. You know, it's of course, to me, it plays on the heartstrings how she's treated by the rest of the, the workers, especially her. He's learned to be more adept and kind of interact, even though he doesn't, you can tell he doesn't like half the interactions that he's forced into, you know, talking to the guy in the cafeteria. Oh yeah. The HR manager. Yeah. You can see that he'd much rather be just eating by himself and not being bothered, et cetera. But, but that's, that's why I love these, but that's fine. If you don't, it's all right. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we know you're more of the, it was yeah, weird. Kind of I was action. like, well, not, not, not necessarily. I mean, yes, I do like having the, the spectacle aspect of it. Um, it did feel like th- there was a point where like, it felt like the movie was happening along. It was like moving along, but like, I felt like nothing was happening. A lot of just like shots of them staring and contemplating shit. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just found the relation. I just, I just found it weird. I don't know. I guess me. I guess I'm the problem. I don't know. Well, it's it's kind of interesting because um, Espe- you you were never really here. It's very similar in the way that it's filmed. A lot of shortcuts. Yeah. yeah and that's that's uh, um, Ildiko. That was one of her kind of working with her uh, uh, cinematographer that they wanted those very short shots. And I don't like that if it's excessive, if you're not developing the character. But when they are, when they are those sh- a lot of shots, as, as you're, you're absolutely correct, where they're contemplating something and they're, or they're looking out a window or they're doing something, that is still developing the character. It's still showing like their loneliness or, or a lot of it is after they meet each other, they're trying to break that loneliness. They're trying to actually, you know, uh, reach outside of themselves. And so those moments are when they're trying to figure out how to do it. You know what I mean? How do I do this? How do I socialize with this other, you know, species is how they kind of feel it, which is interesting that in the dreams, you know, he's a deer or a deer. There we go. I just said he's a buck and she's a doe. Elks, but uh, you know that's purposeful, you know, in in and of itself. Um, so I, I I liked it because I felt it was still developing the characters. It wasn't to me; it wasn't overdone. But it sounds like to you, you're like Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I think I was. I don't know. I mean, it's, that's cool. I, it's not. It's not that I couldn't tell that it was progressing the characters. I just felt like it was. Even though there were short scenes, it, it did feel excessive to me. And it's like, 
can we do something else? Which then it does because then he, then the, 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 his idea was like, hey, let's sleep together. But like, you know what? Not not like sleep sleep together. Oh my god. Well, we'll get to that scene. <laughs> Fucking hell. But uh, they were like awkwardly like, let's fall asleep in the same room together. Let's because because the whole thing is like they're soulmates. That's the whole thing, you know. Yeah, they're both. Well, they we found said each other it. through the. They're dream. both introverts. They're both outcasts. They're both having the same exact dream. They yeah. are literally dreaming. You know, one of the dreams. It's not just that they're. She's a doe and he's a buck, but he goes down to the water and drinks. And she and uh, yeah, they, we see this. We see this. But which those were great shots, by the way. I, like they had to spend a lot of time to to get to actually get those. You know, what I mean, the things that they needed for the film. So they had to spend a shitload of time you know, doing footage of that and, and filming it. But yeah. one of them is he goes down to get a drink at a lake and then she's down there and they're, they both drink, you know, they lap up the water together. Um, so they're both having the same exact thing that this, you know, that the buck is here and she's mm-hmm. the doe and they're doing these things. Um, <coughs> and that was me. one of the uh, cool parts of the film is I don't think they overdid it. They didn't do too much of, oh, what was your dream? It was they found out when the psych, psychiatrist was, was called in um, that they were having the same thing. And like you said, she thought that she was fucking with him, which we'll talk about, which is I, I thought was one of the funny parts. But um, so they're stunned in that moment. And then they decide, you know, they ask, did you what what did you dream? And then they find out they had the same dream. And then the next time they do it, he has her write it down. Mm-hmm. Like you write down so that we know we're not like influencing each other. And then she slides the paper over to him, and he starts reading it. And then he looks up with a smile. It's just I, I loved it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> go, 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 go. Keep going. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. And then after that, it progresses. Then like let's fall asleep together in the same room and have like the same dream. Right. He suggests, and so 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 with that mm-hmm. is he's he's branching outside of himself. He's doing something they wouldn't normally do. He's he's kind of bored in life. And in one point in the film, he even says, "I never thought, I thought this was over for me." Any kind right, of romantic. Yeah, yeah. He's an older. He's like you know in his fifties, I guess, um, and she's in her thirties, so he's definitely uh, older than she is. But he says that I never thought that this would come into my life again. Um, so again, it's it's very difficult for both of them. She's got Asperger's. She doesn't even like touching or being touched. And so they're both pushing outside of their normal comfort level level to, to make this work. And so he asks her, why don't you come over? And I know it was hard for him to do. He wasn't trying to, and he's like, no, 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 not, not to yeah, have sex, but we'll just sleep in the same room. Um, which is like kind of, kind of weird i mean that's definitely weird like that you would ask somebody to do that um and she, uh he sleeps on a blow-up mattress and she sleeps on the other and it doesn't quite they they do how does that work no they don't they don't uh they don't end up falling asleep right they can't, they can't sleep they can't sleep so they end up playing cards like all night right there's a moment where that uh he doesn't make an advance they're, they're having a conversation i think he like reaches out to touch her yes and then she like freaks out and he's like yeah oh, she I'm pulls so... back yeah and then that's when he gives the whole speech about i never thought this was gonna it's happen actually... again i thought this chapter in my life was over um and he kind of felt like 
he was embarrassing himself now. Yes. Because I guess he doesn't fully understand what she's yeah. dealing with. Um, and that causes uh, like a awkward pause or strain on the relationship. It does. He becomes a, he, he, he becomes offended by... He thinks her reaction is, oh, she doesn't want this. And yeah. this was something... In this film... Most of the characters are emotionally immature. Most, a lot of the people that work at yeah. the at the plant, they're assholes, you know, and they they either make fun of people or that's part the big part of their thing is to to talk whatever cool to talk or to make somebody an outcast. And he's more mature in that realm. But when it comes to a woman, he's like he becomes offended and he doesn't know how to deal with it. So that's not her intention at all. She's just not used to it. So it's also difficult for her. Um, which then brings up the the cool section of so he starts like pushing away and then later at the at the plant says, you know, maybe this isn't this isn't going to work. I, this was foolish of us to get involved and so we should just like, you know, we should just be co-workers and leave it at that. Yeah. But She's in the process of also reaching out and trying to make this work. Do you remember how, like, she, what she does to try to like fix the fact that you know she yeah, can't stand somebody touching her? Yes, I remember. Oh my god! All right. Well, let's start with the fact that she um, still talks to a child psychiatrist. She has she has her own psychiatrist that she talks, but it's like for Pour children. Pour the wine because. I got to deal with Ray's hatred of this film and making me even more of an outcast than I already am. Well, when you like weird shit. <laughs> Ray, I don't appreciate you not appreciating my feelings. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Blaze. Let me be no, a little ahead. more considerate so of continues. your feelings. <laughs> it continues what? Um. Yeah, okay, so she... We never really uh, get an explanation of why. I'm assuming it probably has to do with her condition. Yeah, it's no, a, absolutely. It is part um, of Asperger's. Like, but even the the child psychiatrist who's now talking to her about this kind of stuff, he's also trying. <laughs> at a point, he's like, "Should you? You should probably be talking to like yes, other which, doctors." Which did you like that? Did you like that? Like I love that he she was still seeing her psychiatrist that she had been seeing since she was a kid, and he felt really uncomfortable. He's like, "I'm a child psychiatrist. You really should go see someone else." But he's a nice guy, and he continues to help her out because he knows her condition, and it's got to be difficult for her. But it, I love that he's the reluctant psychiatrist yeah. to help her. Yeah. But he also knows that, you know, he should, and it's his job. Um, so, go ahead. What's he... Uh, so, that's one of the things he tries. He kind of, in a nice way, tries to push her away to, like, an adult psychiatrist. But, anyway, the re she's talking to him about the situation, and she's trying to work on her, like, at least having physical contact with somebody. Right. And one of the things she does is um, she just, she watches porn 
Yeah, so she watches porn before she sees him, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she tells a, him what she's watched. Which is a hilarious shot, by the way. I thought it was hilarious. I mean, I, I thought it was hilarious, but I was also like... Well, tell the audience. What, so so just, all of a sudden, we see her go from that moment where he tried to touch her and she couldn't, and then she's trying to like make herself understand sexuality and become more sexual. And so she's watching porn, and what do we see? Well, she's eating jelly beans while she's watching fucking... She's eating Born. gummy bears. Yes. Gummy bears. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but she's never know. It could be inedible. Could be like trying to enhance, you know, those. Eh. Could be. <laughs> but she's just like sitting there, just like watching. I'm like, yeah, she's just, watching with this just, dry. Yeah, who just whoever? Said that? I, mean, I guess there's people. Whatever floats your boat. Um, but yeah, that's one of the things she does. But is, you're still not describing the shot. Do I have to describe yes, the shot? Yes, you do. I want you to describe I, the shot. I don't know if I want to describe the shot. <laughs> okay, describe the shot. It's a close-up. Of, so first we have her eating the gummy bears, and then this close on the... It's clearly a TV screen, and this girl's panting go, ah, ah, ah. It's ridiculous. It's like ridiculous porn. It's anal sex. So we have this close-up of a dick in the ass, and, and this, you know, sc- screaming... Um, Europeans are into that, apparently. Fucking ugh, Russian porn. I, I think porn in general is gross. It's fucking gross. It's. I it's, think it's fucking hilarious. I would well, love to be an acting coach on a porn set. <laughs> I have said that I, for ages. I just think it's gross, but she's sitting there eating gummy bears and like watching really intently but dry and like kind of like as a yeah. scientist trying to discover, you know... My first thought sex. was... Well, my first thought was like, really? Just jumping into anal? <laughs> right, no, absolutely. <laughs> like, well, right. that's, that's definitely Ildiko and Yeti's, like, you know, that's a moment of humor. So I, I thought it was funny. So she's like... Right. I mean, that, okay, that here's a girl funny. trying to figure things out and she's watching fucking anal sex and a <laughs> stupid-ass porn. Yeah, it's, oh, it's bad. But that's the purpose. And then, so then she goes to him and asks him, what are the suggestions that, how does he deal? But, but I didn't get your response on. Did you like that character, the psychiatrist? The psychiatrist? Yeah. The reluctant psychiatrist? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he didn't have a lot of screen time, but the scenes that he did have, yeah. He was good. Yeah. And that's another reason, like, similar to um, You Were Never Really Here, I thought... Every performance was dead on. Like, I thought it was perfect. I, you might have a different opinion. You can let that go. But he, he was wonderful. And we only seen, I think, twice in the film. But they're memorable. So. Yeah. His reluctance and then how he deals with the, the problem that she's dealing with. So, go. Um, yeah, and then he suggests uh, different ways of, like, possibly if she has a pet. Um, or one thing he suggests is music. That can affect moods. Yeah. Uh, that plays into that. So then we see her kind of, uh, you know, listening, going to a CD shop of all things. Yeah. But before like, that, he, I just wanted to explain a little more of the psychology. Yeah, he's, like, he's trying to teach her sensuality. So he's like, yeah. you know, touch, touch your face. He's like, I, I want you to touch things. I want you to feel. And, and one of the things he asks her if he has a pet, if she has a pet. And then, of course, the music. So go, go there. So yeah. she goes to a um, CD store, which, holy hell, I didn't re- Of course they would exist in Europe. I think they still exist in Europe. Yeah, for sure. Never see fucking right. a CD store in Well, America. let me tell you something. Shake It Records. 
outstanding. Uh, if you uh, if you want to go and listen to anything, any album, um, they got all the vinyl you would ever want. It's in the North Side. It's an incredible shop. Um, they even in the tough times when vinyl wasn't cool, they they stuck it out. But you can do that very thing. You can go and listen to anything you want, an album, CDs, etc. But but yeah, cool. for the most part, these things have kind of dissipated or disappeared, except for the great stores like again Shaker Records. <laughs> Shout out to them. But yeah, I'm sure in Europe that they still do. It's still more. Yeah, there's actually a few shots. Well, then after that, she goes to the park, and just kind of watches people interact with yeah, one another right and so that, there's a series of sh- she's trying yeah to learn sensuality yes. yes go for it i'm sorry i interrupt you but she goes to the park she goes to the park and it's just that's that it, it just bothered me for some reason because then she comes across these like two um not teenagers but like two adults that they're making out in the park right and she just like hovers over them and like the girl eventually like notices her and looks at her and like doesn't ask the dude to stop but she just makes yeah. eye contact with the girl and then she just like walks away i'm like that was fucking weird i'm like what kind of reaction is that I, to have i loved it dude that i loved fucking it because, weird. okay you keep forgetting this is this is like a real kind of psychological okay. issue what are you trying disorder. to say Blaze? no that she has Asperger's Hungary is full of weird people no 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 no. she has Asperger's so she's trying to figure it out but yeah I'm not talking about her I'm talking about the girl like, the, making the, out with her but boyfriend I, like, I loved your reaction I'm like, what kind of reaction is okay, that first their eyes are closed and raised right so we do this series of shots in the park of scantily clad and most of the dudes have their shirts off but the, it's where the young folks go to make out you know it's like an old make out point but they're all like you know kissing and doing stuff or this but everybody ha- doesn't have a lot of clothes on and they're so they're making out and she's like standing right above them. at first her eyes are closed because they're making out and then she opens them and she sees a girl and at first she's like what the hell are you doing and then she sees to me, and I'm probably maybe I'm over reading it because I love this the weirdness changes. She sees that that this girl is trying to figure this out, and then yes, maybe there's even a moment of where she might be attracted or something. I'm not sure, but you know, hey, screw you, man. Everybody is different in the, in their ways of sexuality, etc. And if you know, if whatever turns you on, or maybe it's just a moment of human kindness. Where she senses that this girl means no harm. She's just like looking. I could be reading into it, but but I, I kind of thought it was a cool moment. But then she goes and looks at all the other people. And then she, yeah, she then we see her laying down in the yeah. grass. And she's feeling the grass. And that was kind of, I thought that was cool. Because she's trying. She's branching outside of herself and her normal comfort zone to really try to feel sensuality and what it feels like to be touched and to touch so that she can make this love work right but keep going sure uh she also uh touches the mashed potatoes mashed potatoes and and so all through this film we have the two protagonists where we juxtapose there's um several moments it might be three to five where they're both in their apartments Mm -hmm. And their apartments are different. You know, his is kind of a bachelor pad. Hers is really meticulous and clean, like an Ikea, yeah. you know, perfect spread. Um, and his is a little more run down, but still clean. But 
whenever we show them outside of uh, the slaughterhouse, we show them, you know, we see first see her in her place and then we see him in his place. Or we'll see him in his place and then we'll immediately cut to her place. But this was one of the scenes I like too. She shoves her hand in the mashed potatoes like you were saying. And that's right before that, he's trying to pull out a pickled, I, I think it's a pickled tomato. It's some sort of thing. But to me, both of those things were kind of sensual. It was almost sexual. Um, but she's like smashing her hand in there and feeling it and he's frustrated because he can't can't get the uh pickled whatever out of the jar because he has a handicap um one of his arms is just uh, paralyzed paralyzed yeah um yeah and then we get this weird (laughs) actually weird and funny at the same time so she buys like a stuffed animal like a panther Mm -hmm. and she, she puts it in the bed with her and like she goes under the covers and starts like feeling herself with the panther paw and then shortly after well, are you sure it's the panther paw what if it's the what if the, the head what if it's the head of the panther maybe, maybe she's I saw the simulating paw. oral sex I don't know where well, it could be the paw well it's hilarious because then we do a quick shot and I didn't realize we went back to the dude's apartment and he's having sex with some like Girl he used to hook up with, I guess. Yeah. But I thought it was the same girl who was just like... I thought she was literally just like dry humping the panther. Because <laughs> it was such a quick cut shot. Oh, you thought From the, her touching okay. herself with the panther paw and then cut to some woman like having sex. I'm like, is she just like riding the, the panther? I'm like, that would be fucking you. hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, but it turns out that... No, no, no. They, went, they went back to right, the right. dude's apartment. He's but but even that shot of her, you know, playing with her submasturate, whatever you want to call it. Um, well, they were she, That shot that. was cool because she's under the sheets, and the sheets, like, kind of... There's only one eye of hers. Like, you just see part of her face, and, yeah. you know, you, you know that she's working the panther, whatever part of the panther. <laughs> That's what they call it nowadays, working the panther. And it may be the first time <laughs> that she ever, you know self-copulated or, or masturbated um you know again she's like trying and she's like working outside of herself then we cut to like you said the dude who's it's uh you know love it's sexless no loveless love sex yeah. thank you love is sex and do you remember like what happens after yeah, he tries to like kick her out of the house, yeah. and she's like, "No," <laughs> and he's like, yeah. "He's like, I can't fall asleep with you here. Like, I want to sleep alone." And she's like, "No, you ain't kicking me out." Right. But, but that's actually important because that's the scene right before the next day. He <clears throat> thinks he has an epiphany, and is like, "I don't think this is gonna work out. We tried it." Um, there's no shame in that. We can just be friends. Right. And holy hell, did they take a left turn from that? Because she like had worked up all. She had done all this stuff. And yeah. She, she had bought a phone. And that's a and, cool part um, of the film is we're showing her growth, juxtaposed to his like e- emotional immaturity. The way he handles what happened with her, she goes out and and works and tries to you know I'm gonna make this happen. I'm gonna like push outside of myself, feel sensuality, feel what it feels like so that I can give to him and take from him. And he's like, you know, having 
love of sex, and then, you know, he's still hurt from the moment when he tries to touch her. And so she's growing while he's, you know, he's not growing. Like, he, he can't handle it. It's like... Yeah. I mean, it's a pivotal part of the... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I don't want to say regression of character, but it kind of... It kind of is. Yeah, it is. Um, and then... More wine, folks. He, case it, well, they can. <laughs> you're not videoing. If you're just case, listening to the audio. You're just audio. Um, so your yeah, thread so is he, the clap. Maybe mine will be. I'm not peeing. Every time I pour be. wine. Okay, no. go ahead. Jesus Christ. See, one day the trick is have the bottle on the floor and just pour it right between your legs. Okay. Maybe they'll I'll think you're sure taking a piss. I'll make sure I try that. And I'd be like, oh my god, Blaze, you're peeing blood. Like, what's up with that? You should probably get yourself checked out. See, the difference between Ray and I. He's got, we both have, I think, a 12 to 14 year old sense of humor. We do. Which I love. <laughs> um, but I'm more like, you know, I love the weird. And Ray, Ray does not like the weird. Like, I like, no, I'm just fucking with you. Well, back to the weird. Yes. Uh, so he tells her that it's not going to work out. They should just be friends. And her immediate like plan of action is to fucking kill herself. And I was just like, excuse me? Yeah, but but it, it makes was a, sense it was, because... It was, a, it was a big leap for me, even okay. if she has Asperger's. I'm like, that's a big damn leap. I'm like, okay. so, so that's interesting to me, and it'll be, maybe it'll be interesting to her audience. I totally bought it. I thought at that point, she's doing, she's making all this effort. Yeah. She knows she's an outcast. Like we have these, we, which we didn't talk about. There's several scenes where everybody at the slaughterhouse is making fun of her or... They like think about trying to, to to bring her into, and then they uh, they don't. Um, one of the scenes is when she's checking out her sensuality, and she's touching it, she's touching the cow, she's touching the back of a cow, and he sees this group of coworkers yeah. snickering and looking at something. He doesn't see what it is, and then he walks up, which coincides with his decision that this isn't going to work out. He sees her touching too, and he's just like. Fuck it. This is like like this will just be another way for me to break this off. Well, here's here's how I would have done it, because they literally, even though they show character progression, they always pretty much emote the same thing. That's interesting. Instead of her jumping the shark and just like immediately, I'm gonna kill myself. Maybe have her like break down and cry. <laughs> maybe do yeah, that. Dude, I'm just like fucking... okay, we're jumping to like okay. You know, I object. We're gonna have something in in our I, show where we're like of objection, but I, I t- that's total bullshit because that's so fucking cliched, and that's what we're like. We have seen that so many times. This is a thread that I brought many times. You know that that we repeat so many. How we've learned to show, uh, you know, uh, either e- even character development. But we all put them through this funnel of what we've seen before. So I don't want to see her cry. And also, it's not, it is not appropriate for a character because this is what I think you're forgetting, which is cool. And I mean, it is what it is. She has Asperger's. Like, that is, like, it, it's a real issue that's, like, almost impossible to, like, you know, she has a certain degree of Asperger's. She's clearly somewhat functional. 
But there's different degrees of that that make it like almost impossible for somebody to 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 branch out or to you know touch or be touched or, or feel what the sensual is. Um, so I don't think that you can forget that. But you know, it's fine. I'm not like saying I'm not telling I'm you. I'm not forgetting that. Okay. I just doesn't seem plausible to me. Like yes, he says he he kind of rejects her and not in a bad way he's like we can still be friends we can still interact with one another but the romantic aspect i guess is not there right and then she's immediately just like okay i'm gonna kill myself i'm like well the romantic aspect is there and that's what's kind of devastating to her like they definitely had this i mean he's telling her like deep shit and vice versa i mean he asked her to come over to sleep and he he can't fucking handle it and she is handling it she's doing these things and this is her moment where she's like, fuck it. Like, I tried, and I did all these things, and I, I get it. No, seriously, like, I'm not trying to rip on you. What's cool is, this is differences. You don't buy it, and you thought, like, no way. This is I too don't. much of a big... And for me, I totally thought this works for someone that has Asperger's and, and what took place. So I loved it. Like, I think this film is perfection. I really do. I think this is, like, a fucking 10 out of a 10. I do, I do, I know, and that's what's cool is we're like we're different, fair, we're different in our tastes and shit. But I love that. it. No, I fucking love it. It's part of like part of what we're doing here, you know. And it's part of like you know, whatever the fuck. But um, I'm just saying, I would not want to be there when they break up. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you better keep a close eye on her. <laughs> that's good. That's good. But I do want to say, and maybe this is a good point to reiterate. What's cool about this film is. If we didn't have that investigation of the psychiatrist coming in that somebody stole, you know, this Viagra for cattle, do you know what I mean? Like, this film, would that um, subplot, this wouldn't have been as successful because it would have been too much focused on this. And one of the uh, primary focuses is, you know, weird people fitting in or not fitting in and how we're, like... Okay, I said we're, so yeah, I clearly am. Um, outcasts, you know what I mean? And yeah. like made to, to continue to be outcasts. And here's two people that are outcasts that are kind of fit. I mean, obviously, and don't forget the fact that there, there's a real goddamn uh, body, soul, the name of the film on Body and Soul, connection. They're having the same exact dreams. Like that that is really cool and so to me the combination of these aspects it works it okay. works that she would jump to you know suicide or whatever but that's cool man just side note i think it reiterates a very good point and it's uh don't bang your co-workers <laughs> uh, yeah well Ray are you speaking from experience would you like to uh, not letter? personal experience but things I've seen yeah yeah that would don't uh, what's it called don't, don't uh, dip your pen in company ink is one oh of the oh my god okay. okay anyway anyway cause, th- cause then you have that you have his dude uh, the, uh, the the hiring manager or his they're kind of friendly with each other. I wouldn't say they're friends. And that guy, he's his, his wife works there as well. And he says, like he confronts him at one point and is like, did you fuck my wife at some point before, I guess, yes. they were together? And he's like, 
he avoids the question, but you can tell, like, yeah, he probably did. And he's like, oh, okay, well, she's trying to, like, sleep with other dudes now. And I'm like, this is why you don't. Uh, no, absolutely. But but you brought up a really important part, and that's another, you know, primary subplot of this film. And it is how women are treated and how men are treated and kind of the expectations of men and the expectations of women. And uh, Ildiko is completely aware of that, and it's a major point in this film. Um, if you recall, one of the first parts after we see... We first see a dream of the, the deer. Yeah. Damn it, I said it again. Elk. And then we see the slaughterhouse, which we didn't even talk enough about. We showed the point of view of a cow, which I thought was fucking brilliant. You know what I mean? They're, they're, you're clearly a, a cow's inside of a cattle car, and he's looking out, and he's looking at the humans, and he's looking up. And one of the things that I loved was you have all these different... So you have the wild. This is really something that's bizarre to me. What what makes us choose what is acceptable to like, you know, hold and use as meat? So you got the wild. We don't I mean, there's hunters, but it's not it's not like overall society is, you know, take bucks or um elk or deer. It's not we're all living off that, but we're living off this. But you got these uh three different, you know, kind of I don't want to say species, but um, well, species, but also ways of life. The wild, which they're dreaming of, these uh, forced into whatever pens for us to eat, and then human beings. And I love that she shared the point of view of the cow looking outside the line, the little cracks at people, and like you, it was a moment where you felt. Like, you said it yourself, oh, these cute little cattle, you know, you feel their, their beans. And yeah. that's a major part of this film is on body and soul. And the other major part is what women, you know, the rules that they're in and expected to keep and the difference between males. And you brought this up, and I'm glad you did because we didn't talk about it, that we have this guy talking like a tough guy, like what males are supposed to talk like. You know, you got to keep a woman in her place. You got to teach her, like, blah, blah, blah. It's just, just completely ridiculous. And then clearly that's not working for him because his wife comes up, which you said they had had a relationship. And apparently she had relationships with many people in the in the uh, slaughterhouse. So he's acting tough, but then she comes up and just demasculates, if that's masculine, uh, emasculates him. Yeah, it emasculates him by telling him, you know, can you pick up the kids and also do the grocery shopping because I'm going to stay out with the girls or I'm going to do this or I'm going to get my hair done. But we have these several different moments of expectations of a male role and expectations of of what a female role is. And I love that Ildiko is shedding light on that and saying, yeah, maybe this is fucked up. Juxtaposed to the wild slaughterhouse animals raised in pens and human beings you get what i'm saying okay i know it sounds deep but but i know that i should one of the things that she i was always like what did you think of the title on body and soul i mean it played into the whole like fighting your soulmate thing and having the dreams and embodying like 
these animals. Uh, and then like, as if it, it, you, it's a dream, but the way it's conveyed, it also seems like they're literally like transferring themselves or their souls into the body of elk that interact with one another. So yeah, which is also like they're outcasts, so they kind of are like yeah. the wild, whatever you want to say, you know. And and that's not reading into it. But one of the things that that um, I I you know because I love Ildiko and Yeti. You know, I've watched a bunch of her stuff, and I've watched a bunch of interviews or whatever, but th- this is something that she said that I think would be really helpful to the audience, but also, like, give us another perspective of it. But she says, um, it's not so much that we have a soul and have a body. It's the thing that we call ourselves is a third thing. So she's saying, we're fucked up because... We know we have a body and we are a body and we all know we have a soul, but there's something in between that or that's separate of that that fucks us up. That's what this film is about, which is fucking awesome. So let me continue. It's not so much that we have a soul and we have a body. It's that the thing that we call ourselves is a third thing. It's the interference of the two. We, as human beings with our fucked up brain, minds, or thinking... We interfere between the body and the soul. I, I love that. So she says, I wanted to show that we are somehow the interference of the body and soul. It was quite important for me to show those things that were just about the body by putting the accent on the soul. For example, by showing at length the face of a cow before it is shot, but not showing the shooting itself. Mm-hmm. And she's doing all that. Like she's playing with this. But I love that she said the interference that human beings have of our bodies and this physiological thing that to me is more like, I think you know me enough to know that I, I think like our bodies are like a temple, like slash whatever portal, but it's part of the soul. And then there's the soul, but our thinking and our brains and our minds, the things that stop us from being completely who maybe our souls or what we should be like that interferes. It's pretty, it's pretty fucking, I don't know, a brilliant point and, and such a cool aspect of what, what she's doing. And she, I think she's successful in doing it. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think, uh, I think I'm ready for another hard mind. We would be remiss if we did not talk about it. And I want you to keep, like, you interrupt me if okay. there's other things that, that you thought of as an actor that you thought, fuck yeah. Like, I learned something from there. But what I loved was, do you remember the old lady janitor? Okay, yeah, yeah. God, that was fucking brilliant and fresh. And do, do you want to talk I about it? Was, or? I thought it was funny. It was, it was cute. It was like, this old lady janitor was just kind of, uh, you can tell she's the veteran there. She's and she's like that. seen everything that's been yeah. happening this whole time, and she comes across this uh, our lead, and she can tell she's like found somebody that she wants to uh, impress, and she kind of gives her gives her tips on how because yeah. she can tell she can pick she's picked out that she's like a little she's off and she has like social issues issues issues, so I was like oh she's gonna mentor her a little bit on how to like. 
do what would be considered socially acceptable in terms of like um, attracting yeah somebody well, my take is a little different and right, you you up? may may have maybe you think the same thing but your articulation is different probably and that is probably. um she's not trying to impress her she genuinely wants to help her and what i loved about oh, this yeah, character yeah. was she's also an outcast her outcastedness is different in that she's an outcast because she's the old woman and so there's a certain amount of you know younger people will just brush aside older folk because like, sure. oh we're you know our egos are bigger and we whatever they just they just don't matter to I, some people i would have thought because she's the janitor not necessarily the old woman but which okay. which could be no that's that's a good point it could be but this <clears throat> what i loved about this character was she was an older woman that was a badass she didn't give a fuck about what any other character was doing or thinking in every scene that we see her she is the out kind of an outcast that takes command of the situation and makes it work for her yeah so one of the things is uh, all the workers are together and they're talking about the, you know oh the psychiatrist asked me about my dreams and they're all like oh, making yeah, fun yeah. of the situation and that you would talk about dreams and the old woman's on the side and she's smoking a cigarette like a badass she's got her knee up and she's like smoking a cigarette and they're like uh i forget what their character's name is but they're, they're like uh what, what 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 do you dream about and what do you remember what she yeah, said yeah she's like dream about fucking fucking she's <laughs> like i dream about fucking stuff and they it's a moment where she like she knows that she's the outcast but she's gonna refuse that that whatever role and so she unites the whole group. The whole group laughs, and, and she gets respect at it. And I also love the moments that you brought up that she's teaching um, the the female character. Like, why are you, like, you know, I, she, she says to her, you know, people make fun of you. You're the one they make fun of. And she's like, uh, you don't. She recognizes that she likes that guy or that she's trying to do things to, like, make herself be noticed or n not fit in but to be noticed. And she gives her advice. And so one of the things she says is she calls her duck, which I love. Hey, little duck. She's like, uh, stand up. And so she stands up. And she's, like, like looking at her, evaluating her body and stuff. And you can tell she's, like, impressed. And she's like, don't hide your body. And then she's like, now lift your chin. She lifts her chin. She not too high, and she's aware of what the rules, roles, R O L E S, because I'm Kentuckian. You can't tell the difference between rules and roles um, with my drawl. Um, she's aware of the roles that women are expected to be in, and she's like, "I know that, and I'll let you use that to your advantage, but I'm not going to accept that." So she's like, "Your chin's too high." That comes off as cocky. She's like, lower it. And she's like, that's it. And she's like telling her, your body is beautiful. Who cares about your clothes? Like, and, and then she says, a walk will show you everything. In that moment where she's with her fucking, you know, like you said, she's a janitor. She's got her mop. mop yeah. And she leaves that and she walks from the mop and the bucket toward this girl. It's just... An incredible moment because she like she uplifts and it's like true respect is given her. It's another moment where she's like, "I'm the outcast because I'm the elder, mm -hmm. 
but I'm not going to allow that. I'm going to like use my power and like keep, I'm going to be a part of this. I don't want to be separate. So it's, she is, you know, a teacher, you know, in this moment. And I, I fucking love that. I, if I would give advice to actors, I would say, watch these individual roles. Uh, a lot of times, especially of what we call, like some people would say, sub-characters or be whatever. It's bullshit. They're not. They Like, it's a so fucking vital and important to a role. But watch what they do and how they do it. And their performances are as impressive, if not more impressive, than the than the lead, which I love. Which I want you to speak like if you want to say more about that. But I want to go back to the girl at the Shake It Records. I'm going to call it Shake It Records, <laughs> even though the owner was a dick, and the owner at Shake It Records is not a dick. He's a truly wonderful human being. Um, you get where I'm going. Did you like Maybe. that? Well. You have a B character, as they call it, who's working at the record store, and she goes to the the record shop to learn about music because her psychiatrist suggests it, and she picks out fucking just it's picks like out my stack. looks, which a lot of times I used to do. You know, back in the day, you know, I moved around and did all this shit, and I lived in San Francisco, and I used to go to Amoeba Records in in Berkeley, California, fucking just. Berkeley, California was one of the coolest places on this fucking planet, I'll tell you. And it was a record store where you could go and pick shit out and listen to it. And I would do it. Like, every weekend, that was my thing. Like, one of the things I would do is go and experience this music. And the music there on the West Coast, then, it's not anymore, was so different than our fucking, you know, Midwest. Oh, you can only listen to, like, the most generic classic rock, whatever. But excuse me. I would go to Amoeba Records me. and pull out these CDs. And a lot of it was based on how they looked or the physical characteristic or, or what the artist or the artist they chose to represent their music. And I would just fucking listen to shit for hours. And like that's how I discovered Luna, one of my favorite bands of all time. Luna, baby. Everybody listen to Luna. Dean Warwick, you're the man. Um, but I'm going to go back to the scene because I thought it was... It was one of the things that stuck out to me. And do you want to describe it? She brings up 30 fucking CDs to the counter <laughs> to listen to. And so audience should imagine the uh, reaction of the female worker who's working for the owner of the shop, who's a dick, a male, and their reaction and what happens. Take it away. Yeah, it's a little bit like, again, a comedic break she just drops this like fucking stack of cds he's like (laughs) the reaction is basically isn't that a little too much um and then i think though either one of the two employees that the owner or the girl working to register uh said it or maybe she said it like i have time (laughs) No, no, no. See, this is a really important part. This is another one of the role, the roles of men and women. So the the dude owned the store. Yeah. And he's like, you got time. Like, let her listen to it. Like, oh, kind of be an ass. Wrong. Okay. So he did that. And then 
and she's not like necessarily offended, but she's also like, Jesus Christ, 30 fucking CDs. And so take it away. Yeah. And so like, she literally sits there and listens to pretty much all the CDs <laughs> and it starts with like fucking screaming metal or something. Oh it's, yeah. Like, the first Which song by the way, I'm going to queue up for us here. Audience. Go ahead. You can keep talking while I like, and then, um, she basically stays there until closing. And okay. Here's the first CD <laughs> that she picks out and plays to learn about how to be sensual and love and let another touch you and you be touched. Here we go. I'll crank this up. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, no, it was, it was funny. funny. It was funny. And she's just sitting there. And she's just like, like, like blank mm, fit, blank expression. Can we share this? Can we share that? I don't know if you can see it or pick it up. Cool. She's just like, okay, I'm doing a scientific research to find out how to be sensual and be touched. Go ahead. Uh, and then, yeah, she basically stays there until closing. And then uh, the girl at the register tells her... You know, that they have to close. And she said, which one, or like, what are you listening for? And our lead tells her, you know, I'm looking for a CD or song, music that would be for, for love. And she didn't necessarily mean like, well, having sex, but she was like the affection, or the, the mood, the feeling. To exp- that would make me feel that feeling. I yeah. want music that makes me feel love. Uh, and so the girl at the register is like, oh, okay. She's like, well, she kind of feels for her at that point. It's like, let me share with you my favorite CD uh, that I listen to for that. And she's like, you want me to put it? And she's like, and the, our main girl is like, no, I'm going to, I'll just buy it. I'm not even going to listen to it here. She's like, I trust your word for it. So I'll buy it. Um yeah, and so she buys the CD. I think it's like, did they say it's one song on there? Or she may, I think she says it towards the end of the film. There's this song I'm listening when she tries to off herself. You are, but by the way, you are so fucking bored. I am so bored. In describing this. And I thought it was a great fucking scene. No. Dude. No, was not. She brings up 30 CDs. She's I know, that's not funny. wanted there. Yeah, it's it funny. funny. It's funny. But yeah. it's really funny. <laughs> And the girls there, and the difference between the male and the female character, yeah. and then she's like, "Okay, like I'll, I'll sit through this," and then and then the guy's like, "Tell her we're fucking collusion." He's like this, and she's like, "But she's still like the girl that's making out in the park that sees her looking. She sees a moment where somebody needs something, and she's like." What are you looking for? Uh, that's two different situations, though. When they're, they're, any... they're, they're different, but I'll, I'll categorize them the same. And anybody that's watching this, you can decide. I categorize them similar, which is cool. Uh-huh. I could be, it could be a stretch, and I, I get what you're saying. But audience, tell me if Blaze is right or Ray's right. But this is a moment where someone's really like, I'm working here. I want to fucking leave too, but. This person's looking for something. And so she's like, what are you looking for? And she's like, I'm looking for something. She goes, do you want to know what I think? And so this is what I love about this character too. The protagonist sees that here's somebody that is sensual 
and that also is caring. So I'm going to listen to what she says. And the girl goes, here's what I, do you want to hear this? This is what I think of when I think of love. And she's like, do you want to listen? And so she goes outside of herself. The store's already closed. She's like, do you want to listen? She's like, no, I'll buy it. I fucking trust you. And it's like, I almost wonder if it's like part of, you know, Asperger's or whatever it is that they they have this great ability to observe. And this is why I love weirdos, et cetera, is I'm a fucking observer. I think to be a writer and really to be a good director, you have to fucking observe all the time. And anybody that observes on a regular basis or constantly, you're a fucking weirdo. You're weird. You're just fucking weird. It's like I used to say to some of my classes, but friends I would say, if you're walking your dog or you're walking at night, which I do on a regular basis, and a lot of people don't even fucking walk at night, and you're walking past houses and you see the blue light flashing through the windows, and you see that the curtains are open, would you look or would you just walk by and not look? And time after time, I will say I will fucking look because I want to know. I want to know, like, what... I'm not being a weirdo or a pervert. I just want to, like... Here's another I mean, I, soul living in this place. I want to see what are they, what are they watching, or what's in their house that makes them who they are. You know what I mean? And I know so many students. I don't ask anymore because it's like a completely different era. Like you can't even fucking ask that because it's like, oh, weirdo, pervert, staring in people's windows. Fuck that. I'm just an observer. You know what I mean? But this girl says. I see that you need something and you're looking for something. I'm going to go out of my way. It's like a caring, giving thing. And sure. I fucking love that. Um, apparently, you're not as impressed as I am. I was not. Did you like the song I mean, that I'm... she suggested? Kind of, I think I did. It's one of those like... I Listen. Listen. How can you not like that song? I it's it's a mood thing with me, like it's 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 one of those like indie folk kind of slow songs, and I'm just like ah, okay. ladies all the way. Oh. Shout out to my brother all Joe Hara, military guy. It's like why do you like that deep sad shit? Like what the fuck's wrong with you? Who we're we're fucking bros now. We're bras. We love each other. <laughs> fucking brew beer, drink beer, blah blah. But you used to think that I liked. All I liked was sad songs. And it's not it's not that I like those things make me feel and make me feel alive. Okay. And that was what that girl was doing. So you didn't feel that when you listened to Laura Marling, which I'm gonna suggest everybody fucking listen to. She's the female version of Leonard Cohen. <clears throat> I And that shit fucking totally makes me feel. Hmm. Maybe if I listen to like a bunch of her stuff, maybe, but like that one song and that's it. I understood what it was doing for the scene and the character, but for me, it would be like, nah, this is boring. Come on. Fuck. All right, I gonna, need my high octane. Right, another rock, difference baby. between Ray and I, I'm just going to say when I, I got teary eyed and I still get teary eyed every fucking time I hear this song. I do. Leonard Cohen's the same way. You. I'm just a better actor and writer than you are because sure. I can evoke these emotions or have these emotions. But okay, we're gonna we're gonna entertain the audience a little bit more. Oh, do you got more like putting them to sleep? Let's do another. What we're gonna do bullshit. 
Forgive me. Here that expression that she has right here in that photo, that's me. He cut out my tongue. There is nothing to save. Love me, oh Lord. He threw me away. He laughed at my sins. In his arms I must stay. He wrote. I'm broke. Please send for me. Dude. Um, oh, are we back? It chokes me out, man. <laughs> I think you can see it in me. It fucking... I think the next time I can't sleep, I'll play that song. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> I, like, it, it, seriously, man. I feel that shit. Like, Listen, I'm all about deep lyrics and shit. I just, like, this one just, I don't know. Okay, just, so, uh, so I'm going to take this another step. Right, this is part of your homework. But but before the homework part, what did you hear the lyrics? I heard the lyrics, but so it, it just I don't know. Do you it understand just, uh, the context and how? Yes, it, I I told you. I, I, understood I bet what you I was do. No, I absolutely to... bet you do. But but explain it to the audience. Why is that important to these two? I'm going to help you out. These two characters. because uh, it like it feels like. It's it, it's a love song, but it's also a song about being hurt by the person you love. So Good like, man. that's what she was feeling because she listened to it. Oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah. No, the right. time she listens to it is after he's romantically rejected her, said, "Let's just be friends. This isn't really working out." We no, 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 no. She does. No, no, no. You're right. You were you were thinking she does listen to it once before he rejects her. Oh, okay. And so, so let me, I know, it's like, dude, I get it. Like, I just, I'm a fucking Ildiko fan. <laughs> so I, I've, I've watched this not as many times as No Country is <laughs> But, oh but no, I've watched it over 10 times. But, you know, No Country I've watched probably a thousand. <laughs> Certain, that's not a fucking lie. It's over 200 fucking times. But this one, I've watched it over 10 times. And the, the song is about a guy that's reaching out to a former lover and he's like in anguish and he's now needing her love. And she's like, you left, you fucking, you knifed me. You yeah. fucking, you, like it was dog, it was hurtful. It was like horrid. And she's already like moved on. So there's a scene... <clears throat> I don't know if that's choked up or just congestion. But there's a scene where she starts to play it. So she goes home with this CD that she trusted this woman that, like, you know, gave her kindness. And she starts playing it. And she recognizes that the song is about being rejected. And then the person, not necessarily, I don't think she gets to the part where he wants her back. But she's getting rejected. And it's so intense for her that she can't take it. And she hits the stop button. Like, she's like... I wish I could duplicate that sound right now. But she's got this old-fashioned, like, CD player and hits the stop because she's like, no, that's, like, I, that's the opposite of what I want. Like, I want connection with this guy. And this song is, like, and it's so appropriate because then he right. does exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, this isn't going to work. He's in fucking capable, and she's working at it. And then we get this, like, beautiful fucking song. And then... 
the scene you described before where you said it just jumps immediately to her killing herself after, but this is after. So she plays it, stops it. And then like, she's going to him to tell her all that she learned, like in her own way, which she doesn't express it, but they're in the line in the cafeteria. And again, you're like, there's so many shots in the cafeteria and she's next to her and she's like, I'm ready. I'm ready to like, you know, sleepover, to have a sleepover. Actually, she's basically fucking saying, let's fuck. Like, not fuck, but let's make love. Like, let's let's do this. And the fucking idiot is, like, incapable because he, like, couldn't, like, you know, he couldn't accept the fact that he touched her and he got hurt in that moment, you know. Um, which, let this be a lesson to all our audience members that... Single little events should not result in fucking, you know, tidal waves of destruction or emotional, you know, turmoil for oneself. You know, give it some fucking space, some ether, some time, right? And he rejects her and she's like, I did all this stuff and you couldn't, you could, you didn't like that, but I, I thought it was appropriate or acceptable for Asperger's character or whatever and also that all that we had developed up into this point which would be really cool for the audience to like say Blaze is fucking a weird a weirdo and, and you know reading into this and Ray's right or vice versa you know yeah, oh, sure. Blaze has got fucking Ray's just never been an outcast or a weirdo but anyway oh, um, I've been plenty that I, I just love that and so this brings me to <laughs> I realized I couldn't ask you this in the moment, so it was part of your homework. And it was, do you remember what I asked you to do? <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. If I was like, I was, I'm going to be honest. I was like, the movie did not put me in the mood to do that. I know we were trying to... Was, God, we had such I different can't. experiences on this film. We it's did. Fun. We really it's, did. Which is cool. Like, I can accept it. Um, and we're still bras. We're yeah, bras. we are. Well, then... <laughs> You can't go there. I can go there. I can absolutely go there. It um, it culminates in them finally having sex, and it is the weirdest fucking sex scene I have ever seen. Because it's between two like awkward people having sex, and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in that moment, like to me, she pulled off Ildiko in her writing and and the like the storyboard and how they decide to show it like much of it is it's basically it's it's one of the parts where they stop doing the shortcut at first they start the shortcut with with the sex and all we're doing is we're concentrating on not their bodies but their faces yeah and so we're close as close of each other's face and they're looking each other in the eye the entire fucking time which I, I thought was cool I dug it and then this is the moment where they're longer shots and it it ends in, which you probably thought was weird as fuck. I, I thought it was cool. That we're showing the dude figuring out, yes, he's in the act of fucking sex, but the camera is, it's a, it's a long shot on him and the expressions of uh, joy and like, uh, fuck, I, I want to say lust, but like enjoying fucking sex, but also that, she didn't give up on him and 
that are having this moment, and it is possible. It was possible for him when he thought it wasn't possible anymore. And so all that is is like shown in his face. Um, yes, the kind of little bit of up and down and the breathing, but but the breathing matched. If you were paying attention to a lot of the dream sequences of the deer and one of the last deer, fuck elk, one of the last shots of the elk is he's running and she's not there and right. he's running looking for her and it's just the breathing of an elk in yeah. the fucking and they well, show the fucking man. It's fuck. I figured you did, but it was fuck. I thought it was fucking brilliant. So you thought it was I'll, weird I'll, as fuck. Yeah, I thought, and it, was I thought weird it was fuck. cool as fuck. And I, I, I was like, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them to put like them, them having sex, and then all of a sudden like the deer having, oh. the elk having sex. And I'm like, I was, oh, fuck I was half expecting that. She's not that fucking generic or dumb. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, well, what, what's that? I don't even know what it's called. This is how out of touch I am. But when you, when you're like uh, f- filming for Instagram or whatever, and you turn into a bunny. What is that? A filter? What do you think? A filter of a, yeah, a bunny or animalizing. Okay, yeah, an animal filter? Yeah, like yeah. face filter? Yeah, yeah. You said they were going to turn it no, into like... that's elk? what I expected you to say. <laughs> no, no. Absolutely not. Fuck <laughs> you. No. No. I just, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm not dumb. I, I understood it. I got it. I know you're not Especially dumb, the, the, like, the breathing part. But yeah, I'm like, oh, I get the, the elk thing. Okay, okay. Uh, still weird. There's still weird because it's like, okay, you watch it and then you're like, oh, I don't really have sex like that. I like, I'm like, I don't know. It was just, it was just weird. It was weird. Uh, for me. I disagree. I, I may have had moments of sex like that, um, but also in that, it, so his arm who that's not functional right, right, right. is on the side, and so it ends. And what I love is like. I was kind of expecting because it goes. That was the first part of the film where it's a long shot, which I thought was brilliant. And then back to her, like her expression, and you know, this is the first time she's ever had sex. Yeah, I got it. And that. so I know you did, <laughs> but like, it, it could be a fucking awful thing, depending. <laughs> and she's like, there's all these. God, it's just fucking... I think it's really good acting for their expression of, uh, you know... I don't know, discovery, maybe a little pain, but also like, oh, now I understand. Like, wow. Like, this is wonderful. Like, this is... Now I understand, like, why, you know, whatever. And, I'm, you know, I know I'm like, whatever, focusing on this or that. But at the end of it, there's these slight smiles where they're like... yeah. Yeah, like it's beauty and, and like I feel love between these characters. But I I really like that I kept expecting the graduate moment. <laughs> Do you remember the end of the graduate? Uh, after, as well. after he crashes the wedding scene and they're on the bus and in the back of the bus and they're both happy and gleeful that, oh, he saved me from this fucking awful life and wedding. And then it, it's... It's we're, we're like looking at both the characters' expression, and they they begin to show oh shit now like what did I not what did I do like that was the right thing to leave that, but now I'm stuck with this guy and vice versa I'm stuck with her like it was it's an expression of fear and uh, kind of loathing, and so I was like oh no is this gonna happen here <laughs> is this the back of the bus graduate scene and it, it doesn't it's like the smile and then. 
we progress into, I'm not going to say what the rest of it is, but um, it doesn't really matter. But the, the last shot goes back to, you know, the buck and the doe and the forest and really like they're not present. It's just the woodland. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a mm-hmm. fucking great, I thought it was a great way to end it, but yeah, I, I thought this, this film like now that like I give it a 10 out of a 10 and it's, it's kind of interesting that you're like, I don't know what you're going to give it. It doesn't, you can say, or you don't have to say, but like, cinematic wise choice and shots that we did most of this in short shortcuts um the storyline and the mixtures of so everything that we were doing in here we were like educating about like the differences in wild you know accepted versus not accepted mm-hmm. uh um the storyline of somebody steals something so there's like this mystery and then we're um you know, interviewing all of the workers there, and it shows each in, in individual characters that each character played a significant part. Um, and then these t- uh, two protagonists trying to learn, and their abilities or incapacity to do that. I just, I, I fucking loved it. I loved it. Um, so you can say that, or are we going to talk about? Like the music that <laughs> part of Ray's homework was what is the music you think about when you're wah, 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 wah. Well, I don't think we'd have enough time to go over all the music I play let's get it out <sighs> well I'm just going to jump into it and then I'm going to make you do it um, nah. so I put it in two different categories one is how do I make love to myself and I'm not talking about <laughs> sensual mess but i would say leonard that's fucking so music where i'm like kind and i would even say sensual to myself i'm not talking about touching myself audience or anything like that but that makes me like appreciate who i am and kind of love myself i'm just gonna say it put myself out there leonard cohen tops that's why i love this laura marling pick was because i think she's like the female Leonard Cohen, not not taking anything away from her. I'm just saying, whatever. Um, the Verve, Luna, but maybe I'll just keep the rest of myself. Like yeah, you should. Music for, what I'd say. It is just for you, you know. It, it is. Me and my love. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. So you're not willing to go there? Nah. Only because there's a lot. Well, there's, here's my fucking list. That's a short list. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I can't blaze. Damien Gerardo, probably both. Myself. Lava Surf. Tame Impala. I can keep going. Percy Sheldon. I know none of these people. Or and or Miles Davis. Yeah, you fucking know. You know Miles Davis. Miles Davis, I've heard of. Percy Sheldon. You don't fucking. Oh my god. <laughs> Tovlo. Porch. But see, the key is the key is. Beach House. You don't want to do too many. Sturgill fucking Simpson. You don't want to do too many slow songs in a row, and you don't want to do too many fast songs in a row. You gotta. Belly, belly, right. Belly, Buffalo Tom, Lucinda Williams, Collide. I forget who does it, but I fucking love it. Fucking Galaxy Five Hundred. 
Yolo polo. Are you telling me you just wouldn't play WAP on a loop? <laughs> so you're not going to say anything. You're not going to fucking put anything out there. You're not going to like expose any part of yourself. Nah, it's, it's telling. I'm keep it a mystery. Man. It's telling, audience. All right. Is it? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm willing to take risks. Angel Olsen. Yeah. Sharon Van Etten. Sure. The National. Don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Wilco. All right. Anything else? I don't know. I'd probably play like Wonderwall on a loop. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a funny joke. That is shit. I remember when they said they're going to be the next Beatles. Fuck off. Oasis? Fuck off. Or yeah. uh, they, they didn't even they didn't even begin to be a band. They didn't even begin to learn their fucking craft. Don't get me started. That's um, hilarious. Keen. Jim. Um... Uh, Anything else you want to say? Mm-hmm. I'm Blaze Weller. I'm Ray Jorgov. We, we are the film, film dicks. dicks. <laughs> we are dicks. We are dicks.